Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. This is At Home Connecticut, hosted by Joey Burgoyne, highlighting events and happenings that are taking place in your home. Connecticut on WTIC News Talk 1080. Good morning and welcome to another episode of At Home in Connecticut. I am your host, Joey Burgoyne. That time of the year is upon us. It's also kind of been upon us, depending on how you do it. It's fishing season coming up. There's been some changes. We'll get into that. But we're also going to get into just getting outdoors, getting the family fishing, the education of fishing. And it's, you know, people look at, oh, fishing, you're hurting the ecosystem. Not necessarily. We're going to get into that a little bit also this morning with Mike Bouchine, the supervising fisheries biologist. Mike, thank you for joining me this morning. Joey, thank you for giving me time to uh, reach out to the folks of Connecticut and hopefully get them interested in fishing. So we'll touch real quick on just there's been a few changes this year. What are those as we head into this or we've been in this fishing season? Uh, yeah, good one. Thanks, Joey. Uh, the major difference this year is that the legislature passed a new law that removed the closed season for trout which means in plain English to everybody out there, you can fish for trout any day of the year. Which you'd think would be a good idea, but it's not necessarily good for across the board for pe- the fishermen and fisherwomen fishing kids going out there. Um, Connecticut has a very long tradition of the opening day of trout season, which is usually the uh, second Saturday of April. Mm-hmm. And I, myself included, participated in that for all through my youth with my grandparents and thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, so there are quite a few people that are dis, uh, disheartened with the decision to remove the closed season on trout, which essentially kind of removes that crescendo to opening day. Mm. However, we are proposing new regulations to, to, to support this law, which would allow a, a catch and release only season leading up until opening day and then harvest or taking of trout could start on the opening day. So it, would, it could still be some sort of an opening day, but just a little bit different. I mean, cause opening day wasn't just a, you know, arbitrary date picked. It kind of has a little bit of a, you know, I guess a helping factor for the trout. Um, that is a great question. It, it dates back to like the, the forties when fishing really started to pick up after world war two and the state was stocking larger fish into the waters, uh, and they didn't want them taken out immediately. So it kind of got started back then. But I'm not 
there's not necessarily, as far as I'm aware, a biological reason why that, you know, a Saturday in April was picked, other than probably uh, it was the point when the the winter was turning to spring and most of the snow was melted and most of the ice was off the waters and people could get out and fish. And, you know, ice fishing, that's another, you know, people have been doing ice fishing in this state. You know, you wear a double hat, educating, you know, kids and families to get out there fishing. Has fishing gotten more popular since this whole, I hate to use the word, pandemic thing started? Like, are people getting more interested in getting outdoors as families to fish? Absolutely, and it kind of dated a little bit pre-pandemic. Going back to uh, 2017, uh, the fisheries division really started to focus on um, recruiting, retaining, and reactivating anglers because uh, a common myth out there is that fishing license fees go to the general fund and are used for anything but fishing. And that, as I just mentioned, is a complete myth. 100% of people's fishing license uh, fees come to the Fisheries Division and the Bureau of Natural Resources to work to improve resources, uh, purchase land, improve water quality, improve boating access, anything that involves fishing in the water, those fishing license fees go to support. Hmm. So we've been trying to work to get that message out and let people know it's not just about catching a fish and either keeping it or taking it home, but your fishing license fees, even if you didn't get to go fishing once that year, they did a lot of good for, for fishing in general. That's one thing, like, you know, hunting, fishing, the people that like you and other people that oversee the department of fishing and there's good and bad, like there's a give and take fishing season, you know, it, yes, if people are doing the catch and they're bringing it home to eat or stuff like that, or if they're doing catch and release, there is a benefit for the whole ecosystem just to allow and provide education for people to get out there and fish and understanding what the benefits and the detriments are to the ecosystem. Yeah, absolutely. You don't really understand it or, or let's put it this way. You get a much greater appreciation for some of the messaging that's coming out and other people's perspectives when you're out there and you get to see nature doing its things. Uh, uh, you know, for me in particular, I live in along the Farmington river up in Barkhamstead. And now it's routine for me to see two to three bald eagles, along the river every day that I drive along it. And it's just, it's just amazing. And that wouldn't have been able to happen without broad public support for the environment and getting people to be um, engaged with it definitely helps when they're out there and they see what it's all about. Now is, you know, are there anything coming up this season that the department of environmental and energy protection, like deep the fishing division you guys are doing, is there going to be any, you know, fishing tournaments or anything like that coming up this season that we might be able to get into a little bit? Yeah. Our Connecticut aquatic resource education program care for short does last year. We did about 60 fishing events throughout the spring, summer, and into the fall where the public is invited to come out. We provide all the equipment and the bait and volunteer experts to coach people in small groups. Uh, we kind of had to, adapt a little bit with the pandemic, but we had, you know, kind of one-on-one -on -one mentors and coaches would go with a group and could be a family, could be a group of friends, could be whoever, we didn't care. Just a group of people. We give them all the stuff. We give them the instruction and off they go and fish. And most people, you know, on our feedback surveys rated it as one of the best things they did all year. And, and you can check our webpage, our fisheries division webpage for all of the uh, upcoming events this spring and we'll be adding more and more as, as 
you know, on a weekly basis. Now, it, it, you know, people have always talked about, I've always had one, fishing licenses. You know, what's the requirements for someone if they're looking to take their kids out and do a little fishing? Who needs a license? Who does it? How do you get it? Yes, anyone is age 16 or older. Uh, well, let me have to rephrase that. Yeah, 16 or older is correct. They do need a fishing license. If you're 65 or o- over, it happens to be free. Okay. But between 16 and 64, you have to purchase a fishing license. Um, they're available at many town halls, the bait and tackle shops, or the easiest way to get it is online uh, through our um, um, online sportsman's licensing system, which again, links are on our main fishing webpage. We have links for everything that I referenced today. Um, and it's, you can get it at your convenience, even stream side if, or pond side. If you had happen to forget and you're on your fishing trip, you can get it right then and there. So pretty easy. So there's no reason why, you know, grandma or grandpa can't take the kids out fishing. If they're under 16 and they're over 65, no one needs a license. Yeah, they, the, the, correct. No one needs a paid license. The old, the 65 and overs would need a free license to show. But, um, you know, that's just kind of a formality. To your point, there's no cost for a license for grandma and grandpa to take their uh, grandchildren out fishing. The only cost would be making amazing memories fishing out there. <laughs> Now, yeah, and I'll argue that that's not a cost at all. <laughs> now, is there, you know, we've always heard about invasive species. Um, is there a big impact in Connecticut lately? And what should someone do or how do they learn what an invasive species is and how to handle it if they do come across some unknown thing that they catch? Hmm. Uh, fortunately, we don't really have any invasive fish species in our freshwaters uh, so far. It's more um, plants and, and invertebrates like the zebra mussel. People may have heard about the zebra mussel. That's, that needs a lot of calcium in its water to build its shell. And fortunately for Connecticut, that's restricted. That kind of habitat is restricted to far western Connecticut, the Housatonic River. Um, but another big invasive species that affects people going out boating, especially on the Connecticut River, is a plant uh, that's not native to here. It's more of a southern um, plant is it called uh, hydrilla, and that really can just make an amazingly dense patches of plant vegetation in a river or a lake or a pond. So we really want people, if they're out boating and they launch a boat in their trailer, to really check it very well once they pull their boat out, make sure that there's no hitchhiking strands or anything like that on it, so that when they go to another water body, they're not accidentally spreading the problem around. And as you, you know, water bodies, how, this is going to be a weird question. How do people find, and how do they know which areas of water, especially ponds and lakes are you're able to fish at? Very good question. Uh, we have a, an interactive uh, mapping uh, application on our website. It's called CT is fishy. And within that, there are probably about 20 or 30 different pages. Each page is specific to a particular topic. So say you're interested in finding places to go fish with someone who uh, has limited mobility. Uh, we have a, a locations for that. If you're interested, you don't have a boat and you need to fish from shore, we, in, we highlight all those places, et cetera. So that's a great resource for people to check out. Again, it's called CT is Fishy. That's awesome. I asked this to a lot of my guests. Now, this one's going to be a tricky one because I don't want your secret <laughs> best spot. But if someone wants to head out, you know, Connecticut is not a big state, realistically. Like, people, it's not that big of a state. 
you know, where are those fishing spots that you think more people should fish at knowing that there's a good fishing ecology there? Again, don't give me your favorite spot. Give me one of those hidden gem spots that you think more people should try out or, you know, for their first time even get out to. Yes. Highly recommend first time fishing. Check out our webpage that highlights what we call community fishing waters. These are small ponds, usually in municipal parks uh, that have, like you said, everything you would want to catch. They have catfish, they have bass, they have sunfish, uh, and, and, and some we even stock with trout. These places have excellent shoreline access, convenient parking. Some even have restroom facilities. Most are located in parks, so they have playgrounds. So when the kids get a little bit uh, attention span is tired of, of fishing, they can run over and play on the swings for a little bit. Picnic tables, things like that. Those are the places if you're a newbie or a new beginner or want to fish with your family, I would highly recommend. And we have about 18 of them located up and down the 91 corridor. Well, that is awesome. And I think more people should get out there and fishing. Spring is upon us. Opening day kind of isn't a thing anymore unless you're going for trout. Um, so get out there and fish. Check out the website. You can head over. Easiest way I recommend to find it is just search deep, D-E-E-P, fishing. Um, so much information. I'm scrolling through the website. It even has simple trout recipes. Yes, you can eat trout in Connecticut and certain rivers, but that's a whole other thing you can learn on the website. Joining me this morning again, Michael Bouchain. Mike, thanks for joining me this morning. Let's get some people out there fishing. The weather will turn eventually and we can get out there and fish. Or if people like ice fishing, there's nothing wrong with that. Just make sure the ice ice is safe. Mike, thank you for joining me this morning, sir. I appreciate it, Joey. Thank you very much. All right, because get out there and fish because great things happen at home in Connecticut. You've been listening to At Home in Connecticut, a public service project produced by WTIC News Talk 1080. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Got clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty-five dollars per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty-four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty-five dollars per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.